Hi everyone, Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday Season to all of you. I chose not to record a special Christmas episode this year so that I could focus on enjoying December. Uh, but fortunately, we have amazing patrons who don't mind me sharing Patreon-exclusive recordings with you. So, for your listening pleasure today, we have the first installment of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition adventure that was GM'd for us by Leslie from Heroes of the Hiding Way. I'd love to tell you that the other two to three parts are available on Patreon right now, but I'm still working on the second part. Uh, but the rest of this series will be dropping in early 2020, so if you want to hear the thrilling conclusion and or listen to me and Matt fumble through D&D, you'll be able to catch it there. Anyway, no matter what your plans are for the next few days, I hope that you will take care of yourself and prepare for the new year. Thank you all for being listeners, and we'll see you in 2020. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Silhouette Zero. I am your host, Chris Ng. And I am the player, the brother, Matt. Okay, Matt, I don't want you to panic, but... You don't start with that. That makes people panic. There's someone else here. I'm leaving. No, but you, no, you stay. You're supposed to stay. But, but the, you said you had another person. No, I know. I know there's usually only two people here. But right. I'm we're following. Gonna do, we're going to try something. We're going to try having three people here. That doesn't track. It, it will. It'll make sense. Just go with it. It's okay. It'll be fine. Uh, okay. So we have a special guest GM or DM because we're doing D&D. We're doing what? Oh, uh, yeah, we're doing Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition, DM'd by Leslie from the Heroes of the Hiding Away podcast. Hi, Leslie. Am I allowed to come out of my corner now? Yeah, yeah, now you talk. Okay. Actually, it was better when we, we pretended that you weren't actually here. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Hatisha. <laughs> it's Penny O'Brien all over again. <laughs> So uh, Leslie was kind enough to um, tell us that we were bad at Roll20 games. I did not was, say that. Yes, you did. You're and not wrong. Then, um, <laughs> no, you're not wrong. And then you were kind enough to, to offer to actually run it for us so that we could have a clue of what the heck we were doing with them. More specifically me, since uh, I very lost on this. So um, you're in charge. Go for it. What have we wrought? Okay, so I'm running... Something that is homebrew, so y'all can't find it anywhere because it's made up and the points don't matter. So what do we need? What do we need to start? In an ideal world, a uh, set of dice engineered for this purpose. You should have Ooh. a D20, uh -huh. a D12. Okay. Two D10s. Oh. Ten. A D8, a D6, and a D4. For okay, those playing my... at home, D stands for dice and the number is the number of sides it has let me let me get my dice out but i know <laughs> i know they make a, conver <laughs> a conversion chart for numbers to star wars signs i don't think they make a reverse chart but you know I you could do that, that away from the microphone <laughs> wait i can do it from across the room <laughs> no, see, now you need a spittoon. 
<laughs> she can get the full effect. And beyond that, having a uh, scrap piece of paper and a pencil would do you well. Do. <laughs> <laughs> What are you, Yoshi? (laughs) (laughs) Or Kirby. I'm not really sure. (laughs) Now, here's the question. When you consume these things, do you take on aspects of them or do you simply retain them in like an extra stomach? I think it's more Yoshi style, like holding on. Okay. We're just going to log that away. That is not um, a normal thing, but we're all special here, I'm sure. The mad fact. (laughs) The other thing you would need would be a character sheet. Ooh, luckily, I prepared some in advance. (laughs) (laughs) That was just so fortuitous. Let me get them out of the oven. I let Matt prepare mine because he's better at rolling attributes than I am. Also, I actually do have a basic understanding of how to develop character or how to build characters. It it's not tremendously okay. Yeah, you tell that to Chris. <laughs> it's a new world for everybody. Okay, it's a new world for one of us. Eh, it's it's a kind us. of new world. Wait, 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 wait. It's a new world for one of us, but you're here to teach us. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to get anywhere if you're going to constantly berate Leslie. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's his flavor. Let's, let's be honest. <sighs> All right. So do you guys have your required um, items? Yep. Are they in the correct slots? Uh, yes. Then, then we're golden. Do you have any questions before we begin? No, they're going to. The questions are going to come up. Okay. As we go, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to ask as I come across things and I go, what's the right way to do this? Because I know what I've been doing. Okay, and, and my answer will largely be um, this way or not at all. Perfect. Because <laughs> <laughs> while I've been playing D20 games for many, many years, I have not been DMing them since we actually are using the correct system for that to be trademarked and correct. So we're ready? Yep. Are you two legitimately brothers in this? I thought so. Just, okay, just, just making sure. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So a call has gone up in the past several months. You've had whispers coming to your ears to the town, just making its way through the land looking for heroes. Somebody needs heroes. And so the towns have been selecting their best, their brightest, their finest, sharpest to send off to this call in hopes that the reward will be brought home and the renown will bring them great joy and pride and wealth, if we're honest. You two, for reasons as of yet not disclosed, have been selected by your home to heed this call and have been making your way across the land through forests, through mountains, through streams, however you need to get there, to the bay of the new moon. It used to be something important, but now it's just a nice little quiet bay with some ruins, a little bit of forest to one side, and a full moon, just to thwart the name, shimmering off the sea before you. 
all around you, you are surrounded by other heroes. And some of them make a little more sense than others. You have barbarians, you have priests. Then you've got some shifty-looking characters. And everybody has been invited to this grand dinner on the beach. There are tables, there is food, there is laughter. But first and foremost, there is a woman wearing a plain peasant tunic, simple pants, some sandals, and is carrying a clipboard. As you approach, she looks you in the eye and says, may I have your name, please? You do not need to roll to find out if you know your name. You can just respond. (laughs) But my intelligence is only nine. That just means you're a little slow sometimes. Doesn't mean you can't actually verbalize. Me too. Mm. Eight and one. Fair maiden, we are, of course, but the humble Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. I see. And you have been sent by your hometown? Sent, or perhaps ordained, by the greater powers above. Ordained, I see. She kind of eyes you warily and then turns to your cohort. And you are? I am Guildenstern. Were you also ordained? Naturally. Don't you recognize a great cleric of Cord? I have to say the fine details have sometimes escaped me, but I will take your word for it. If you would kindly sign in, and then I will see you to a pair of seats. She turns the clipboard around and offers a quill. If you can write, you write it yourself. If you can't, she will write your name and have you put a thumbprint. I'm going to dip my claw into the ink and scratch out my name with my finger. <laughs> that, that is acceptable. We'll get physical descriptions momentarily. <laughs> Rosen, Rosencrantz uh, flourishes the quill and writes it in beautiful penmanship, John Hancock style, taking up six or seven lines. <laughs> she kind of arches her eyebrows in surprise at the um, difference in signatures, but smiles and nods and walks you to a couple of open seats on a bench and you'll see there's there's wine and jugs of drink on the table and there's food to be pulled and at the head of this this little section of of tables on the beach there is a single table with three seats at its center is a large half orc woman she is armored and she wears a shield and a short sword They look kind of ceremonial and her face, her expression is proprietary. She's she's kind of looking you all over, getting a good idea of what's going on. To one side is a human man who is wearing purple and teal and shiny armor. He's overweight and just enjoying the night, toasting, shouting back and forth with some of the people at the other tables, having a grand old time. To her other side is... Looks like an elf. He's slender, wears a shadowy, dark kind of outfit that flows about him more than follows him. It's a little strange, but he's the exact opposite. He's sitting there quietly, knife and fork, eating in a very dainty, controlled manner. And the others around you are also just having a grand time. You, you see uh, a young woman that is dressed in intense ceremonial robes. She has a spear. She has a an archaic-looking sword. You've got a half-orc who's handing out headshots and signing them to people who don't even know who he is, aren't even paying attention to him. As you uh, watch the woman turn and walk away, you notice that she actually has one tucked in the clipboard. There's another man sitting in a corner playing a an instrument and... Just any number of 
very strange or possibly heroic people. As the evening wears on, everybody is called up one at a time to explain why they were sent, why they are heroes, and why they can help save the day. We'll start with Rosencrantz. You are called forward. So am I the first of the of the whole evening? No, you've heard stories about dragon slaying, whether or not they sound credible. You've heard people rescuing orphans from burning buildings. The guy with the headshots apparently killed a bunch of zombies and then hunted down the necromancer that summoned them. But he seems a little prone to exaggeration. The woman who was dressed in ceremonial garb didn't actually get a chance to speak. A tiny light little wise and old woman rushed forward and told the story with with verve and vim and vigor and everything you'd want. And then she started looking for a husband for her granddaughter. So you, you've seen a couple of really crazy things kind of going on this evening. And you've heard heroic stories as simple as finding kids lost in the wood as crazy as the necromancer. So you could fit anywhere you want in that continuum. Side note, yeah, I was too busy thinking about iambic pentameter. I wasn't really paying attention to the other people. So you're going to have to take the lead on that later. Uh. <laughs> this is bad. Okay. <clears throat> so um, Rosencrantz ascends to the, the front of the gathering. What do they see as you approach? He is a dragonborn which I guess means he looks like a dragon man. Yes. Uh, and we are dragon ancestry blue. So I guess we have lightning blue. Well, I, I say that he's like lightning blue scales with sort of lightning colored eyes. Um, he is a paladin and therefore is wearing uh, armor marked with the holy mark of cord. But his armor is very beautiful. Um, it's got all this gold filigree work that has roses all over it. Um, he has a, a small half cape draping off one shoulder, and he is also um, holding a rose in his hand, and he smells it delicately. It's a white rose. Um, if you are thinking either A, the Knight of Flowers, B, the French guy from G Gundam, or C, Tuxedo Mask, go ahead and shove them all together, and that's uh, make him a dragon, and that's what Rosencrantz is like. Oh, you just made me th- so happy. That's a very interesting <laughs> collection of people. <laughs> Um, so he rises to the to the stage. He um, was watching the others with interest. Um, he seemed to enjoy the performances. The more performance-ish they were, the more uh, excitedly he clapped. He doesn't seem to be overly concerned as to whether these tales are true or not. And he, he bows and says, Ah, gentle heroes from all across the lands, I'm honored to introduce myself. I am Rosencrantz, and in order for you to truly understand the depth of my heroism, I shall read a sonnet that I penned earlier after one of my great deeds. And he reaches into his satchel, pulls out a scroll. This tale of Dragonborn named Rosencrantz begins with orphans young and pure of heart, tattered clothes, bad tunics, holes in pants. On a bleak morning, they set off to depart. 
Along the road, a band of brigands struck. They brandished swords and made the children fear. But lo, these orphans had with them good luck, for a humble hero did appear. A shining paladin with lightning eyes, whose strength and valor were above reproach, struck down the knaves with blessings from on high and took the children in a comfy coach. This master swordsman with a poet's soul regaled the young with tales to pass the while, despite the morning having been most foul. That's a slant rhyme of foul. Yes. His songs and tricks made them laugh and smile. So worry not when danger comes this way, for Rosencrantz will surely save the day. <laughs> and he throws his rose into the ground. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'm, I'm going to say about a third of the audience was just flummoxed by your, um, your poetry. A third of them are drunk and don't care and enjoy a good show. and. You get a resounding set of, you know, fists banging on tables, some some hoots and, and hollers and enjoyment. And the last third is kind of split between like, are you serious? And wow, that was some near real poetry. That was nice. The uh, necromancer slayer from across the the site kind of toasts with his massive stein like he, he, he can recognize some good work. The woman who had greeted you walks over and gently touches your shoulder, kind of gives you a half bow and ushers you back to your table. And then she turns to Gildenstern and says, it is your turn now. What do we Gilden, see? Gildenstern in his, what you see is a six foot six dragonborn, also blue, specifically Hex code nine five Charlie eight Delta eight with eyes of Foxtrot Foxtrot Bravo Foxtrot zero zero. I hate you. (laughs) Or sky blue skin (laughs) and amber eyes. (laughs) He's just trying to help out the fan artists. Okay. Fair enough. Because I had a very particular color scheme in my head. I spent a long time figuring out what combination of things I wanted it to be like. And that's what I came out with. I'm sure it's lovely. Um, Continue. So while he is tall, he is more lithe rather than bulky. So you, when he walks as tall as he is, it is more of a sort of a slithery move rather than like a stompy move. Think snake, not like iguana. Uh, Okay. (laughs) um, And he is wearing very heavy chain mail. It isn't as it's not fancy. It's not adorned or engraved or anything like that. Um, the only thing remarkable about it are the it's very well worn. There's a lot of like chinks in it and like a lot of like, you know, slash marks and things like that. So you see it's seen a lot of well, it's earned its place. It, it's it's been used quite a bit. Um, and on his back is a. Very large warhammer. So as you walk up to the little area where everybody's been giving their their speeches and touting their skills, as it were, what do you say? I myself am no hero. I am simply the vessel for Cord. And he took me to the chaotic seas themselves to fight off whatever bandits and 
pirates he deemed worth my time. Sometimes they call him Kildenstern. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) There's there's a variety of of groans and boos and cheers for that. Thank you. And then a couple of people going, wait, what? He told you you should have thought this through. You can't just go up and say, oh, I defeat enemies. I want a show. This isn't this isn't a show and tell. We're not here to perform. We're here to fulfill the tasks ahead. Oh, yay. So you, you guys are having this this brief and whispered conversation. Not very whispered because stage whisper <laughs> right next to each other uh, in front of everybody. Yeah. And the table that you're presenting yourself to is, is just it's quiet. For the most part, you've you've seen a couple of smiles, nods every once in a while, you know, the um, the human will cheer and and jolly someone along because, you know, he's he's in it for the show. He, he really supported the poetry at this point. The half work, though, kind of looks at you and nods like, yes, for the task. And, and she nods and motions. And the woman who's been kind of directing traffic comes back over, taps your shoulder and ushers you back to your seat. And the evening continues with several more instances of valor and in some cases stealth. As the night fades and everyone kind of quietens down, people fall asleep where they are or wander off to their bedrolls. The woman who greeted you comes up and says, would you be interested in helping us? Well, of course, that is why we have come to lend aid to those who require it, to receive the blessings of cord and the blessings of beauty. Do you have like roses on your person to give out? Yeah, here's another one. <laughs> this one is uh, yellow. She she kind of makes a a face that you can't quite tell if it's amusement, disapproval, or I shouldn't be enjoying this. But she takes it and she tucks it into her clipboard next to that that kind of glossy that's still stuck in the in there sideways. And then she turns to, to Gildenstern and and you as well. I go where my God commands me. It will be a long journey. I am no stranger to journey. Then please, follow me. She takes a few steps, turns, and kind of waves you along. And as you follow her, she walks away from the firelight, away from the torches, away from the tables and the people, to a rowboat. It's just kind of sitting there, anchored to the the beach with a stake and a rope. She gestures for you to climb in, and she joins you. And then two men who are lurking about the background, wearing really heavy, rough brown clothing, just climb in and start rowing you out to sea. In the nighttime, with the the beautiful shining moon rippling, it's not quite daytime, but it is clear and crisp, and you can see for miles. But there doesn't seem to be anywhere specific that she's taking you until you get out further into the bay and turn to one side. And then there's an island, a whole just full island, just yards off the the shore under this cliff face to one side. And it has a village on it. Now, you're not familiar with this area, not overly so, but you did come down kind of this direction and that island wasn't there before. The entire boat ride, Rosencrantz has been quietly humming an ancient song. Mm-hmm, 
God. By God, a wild island appears from the mist. <laughs> Impossible. I lower because so my background was sailor. So like I actually have navigator tools and things like that. <laughs> Just have that random so, crap. So like he's like looking at it and he's like, that shouldn't be there. <laughs> fair, Indeed it should man. not. But it is a mystery I cannot unravel for you as of yet. Please come. And so you guys dock kind of at the it looks like just a basic little village. There's a few lights on. Everything is very rounded and soft and, and just kind of hut like and kind of mounds up. So you're you're on these little piers and she takes you in. And this part is a little shadow. There's there's not as much light around. And she just walks you up and into another building and into a hall and then just says, This is your room. If you will please stay here, we will send servants to attend with you in the morning. And she opens the door, gestures towards the open door, and kind of bows you in. Ah, at last, accommodations fitting for warriors of our stature. I hope you will not find them too humble. She smiles and steps away. As she leaves, the door closes. It's dark in the room. There's there's no actual lamplight or anything. Do you guys have dark vision? Any of that fun stuff? I believe we have low light. Do we not? Okay. So it's it's just... A roomy kind of area you're in. I can, I can check. Hold on. Okay. Well, it's nothing too excited. You're in an antechamber with a couple of spaces. As you walk further along, there is a room that has a little bit of light filtering through translucent windows. That's It's almost like light coming through wax paper rather than glass. And there are four bunk areas, kind of inset like they were scooped out of the wall and somebody put a mattress at the bottom with curtains that you can close across the front. These are beds, by the way. I got that. Also, we have normal vision. My bad. Okay. So you got you got shadowy version of what I just said then. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so you guys are now in a room in the dark. With beds. With beds. <laughs> After having a great meal with some good wine or beverage of your variety of choosing, can I assume that you go to bed? Um, Rosencrantz draws his sword, uh, kneels with it in a patch of moonlight, and does a, a very beautiful prayer. And then he goes to bed. Okay. Um, Guildenstern is more of a morning prayer, so he probably just goes to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should be searching this room. But I don't think it's in character. <laughs> I mean, they were told that this is a room and they're going to go sleep in it. So it's a bedroom yeah. for you guys. Yeah, so, I don't feel like we need to search a room that's for us to sleep in. I mean, that that's that's your call. Yeah, we, we sleep. OK, so you guys wake up the next morning. Um, the, the sunlight is pouring through these translucent windows. You still can't see much. And can't hear much. Everything's very muted because you're in a cubby with a window and a curtain. And I want to go outside. Okay, so you, you pull the curtain too, and now you can see the room in clarity. Everything looks like it's made out of mud or clay. It's got vines and, and shapes and leaves kind of scrawled in it everywhere. Uh, to one side, you see a shallower curtain that looks like it might take you to a privy of some variety. 
But that's it. There's the curtains, there's the bunks, there's the privy, nothing else. Hmm. Such peculiar construction. Poke, poke, poke. It's mud and leaves. I thought you'd be at home here. I indeed am not unfamiliar with sleeping amongst nature. Naturally. All right, do you guys oh. want to investigate anything before I keep you moving? Morning prayer? Yeah. Um, I probably step outside because, I mean, Cord's more of an outdoor guy. <laughs> okay. There's a problem with that, Cord. Or, what? sorry, Guildenstern, because Cord's your god. Yeah. There's a problem with that. What's that? What did I not describe? Uh, a door? Mm-hmm. You guys are just in the area with the beds. Hmm. I'm going to make a roll of some variety. Okay. Would you like to percept? I would like to. Per- I I would like to use perception. There you go. I Chris. figured you'd like are that you, one. Are you happy, Chris? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know why that has any weight, but okay. It's because he hates it when people use the made-up word percept. It's perceive. Perceive. (laughs) It's perceive or use perception. Okay, go ahead and roll me a quick perception check. I I believe you you are rather impressive. I rolled a 12 and I have plus 6, so 18. All right, so as you're kind of looking around, you see these, these vines kind of, they don't really seem to be in any particular pattern until you get to one kind of blank patch of wall where there's no uh, curtains or anything. And then it's almost like an archway. And as you're kind of checking it out, maybe running your hands over it, it opens. It doesn't so much as uh, spiral out or slide back. It, it almost just a hole appears and expands from the center. And you're standing face to face with a young woman and a young man. They are wearing the same dark, heavy clothing as the two men from before. And she is holding a pitcher. And he is holding a bowl of fruit. Good morning, she says. She's a little nervous, but, you know, kind of perky. And she lifts the, the jug. We have brought you breakfast and we are to help you prepare for this greeting, this, this introduction. She's very excited. I could have sworn the introductions were yesterday. Well, that's not really how it works, but kind of. Um, her. Don't pay him any mind. He's just grumpy in the morning. He takes the fruit. <laughs> the young man just kind of nods and then turns and guides you guys, Zach. You're in that previous kind of room that you remember, and it it has no windows, so it's lighted by your bedroom and by a little bit of candlelight, table, alcoves, and you realize all your stuff is there, like your weapons and your gear. Mm-hmm. It's all been kind of put in these little cubbies, arrayed nicely and cleaned. Oh, very nice. Thank you so much for all of this wonderful hospitality. It's been quite a time. Not that I'm requiring of such uh, amenities, but it is nice to have them once in a while. Uh, I hope they didn't clean my armor too much. It's sparkling. Ah. I'm sure you'll dirty it up in no time. The extra gleam is terrible luck on the sea. We're not on the sea. We're on an island. Still. <laughs> in a bay. I don't think a bay is a sea, is it? The two bustle about. <laughs> they, they get you drinks. They pass you food. Uh, you'll, you notice that the young man is significantly more stiff and formal than the young woman. She just kind of chats with you now and again. and will ask you questions. 
you know, what's with the roses? What are you guys? She's never seen Dragonborn before. You know, uh, just kind of I, nervous I have chatter. A question, actually, briefly, the, a subtle a disagreement between my brother and I. We are in a bay, yes? No, says the man. We are I'm on not. an island. Ah, yes, of course. Well, the, the island is settled in the bay, correct? No, the island does not settle. Oh, but it is currently in the bay, is it not? No, we have departed. Ah, wait, an island departed? Look, I don't have time or words to explain. It is not my place. People will tell you what's going on. We just need to get you having your breakfast and ready for the fight. Okay, well, if there were a seagull upon this isle when it goes into the bay... Does oh, it become- not now. <laughs> what the fight. little girl kind of... She's, she's like 16 or 17. Super perky. She refills your glasses and says, Don't worry, they'll explain everything to you. This is all just so exciting. And he kind of looks at her and says, This is her first day. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ah, it is my first day as well here. Uh, I'm going to put my armor on. <laughs> well, you, you don't have to be ready for some time yet, but, but we will come and get you. Do you require assistance in preparation? We must present you to, to the, the leaders, the masters. She kind of uh, nods eagerly. I'm more used to preparing myself. Okay. Oh, if, if you want to place my armor on me, uh, by all means. The young man looks at her and looks at you and says, no. <laughs> Very well, I shall do it myself. <laughs> so she, she looks a little crestfallen because, you know, you guys are really cool and you've got all this cool armor and your dragons. I, I give her a rose. <laughs> oh my God. What color is this rose? Uh, Get a roll pink. table. Oh. I, I'm going to make a roll table for the next time, but okay. it's a pink. Okay. So she will take it and kind of get a stink eye from her her companion so she she just kind of tucks it in her her shirt collar so the stem is down and it's just sitting next to her her neck and she's moving very gingerly so she doesn't knock it out but she's you know cleaning up the table uh and and she kind of looks at you guys and says please please prepare we will be we will be right back and we will we will help you we'll take you to the the presentation and she looks over at the man like and nods like I did good, right? And he just kind of makes a face. <laughs> and the two leave. In all of our travels, I don't believe we've ever been on a floating island before. I don't reckon that makes it an island anymore. Hmm. Could it be alive? Possibly. I'd probably say it's more of a boat, <laughs> ship, floating mass. I could detect magic, but I'm not sure if that would mean I couldn't detect magic again later. How about you clarify this? <laughs> Frankly, it depends on what if it's listed under a cantrip or a level or if it's in a spell slot. I don't know the difference on this character sheet. Okay. At the top of your list, you'll see green and cantrips. And then below, you'll see level one and level two or something. Ah, yes. Cantrips known. Zero of zero. Brilliant. So you cannot learn cantrips at your current level. That means your detect magic is an actual spell. The number of spells you can prepare will exceed the number of slots you have available. Oh, ah, and I did not prepare detect magic anyway, so <laughs> it's all moot point well, of that, conversation. Well, that was more of a guess as to what spells I thought you would prefer to have. 
we don't detect magic. We <laughs> we decided it wasn't worth our time. <laughs> um, I can sense good and evil, right? That's a thing. There's divine an sense. actual spell called detect evil and good. No, no, divine sense yeah. as an action. Oh, I was no, about to say, no, yeah, no, divine no. sense is a thing that, that he does, oh. in fact, have. Uh, okay, how do I use it? I'm using the magic of my memory, which sounds suspiciously like a book. <laughs> uh, uh, action, know the location of any celestial fiend or undead within 60 feet. Uh, that's not that useful. I'll wait until we're closer to somebody important. <laughs> wait till something happens. <laughs> then I'll divine the crap out of it. <laughs> so, you, so you guys are going to get ready and everything, right? Yep. We are fully rearmed. Then you are in a second chamber and there's again no door. Uh, Rosencrantz has not yet noticed that there are no doors. <laughs> I <laughs> didn't notice the first time. I, I, I'm going to try to find another door. <laughs> okay, well, you already kind of feel like you know what you're looking for. You, you did the, well finding the, the other of, one because there's that archway. And you yeah. do in, de- in fact see another one, but it's just wall. Like it's just mud and dirt and just kind of a blank spot. So, you know, you you can feel around and look at it. All yeah. of the artwork looks like it was kind of done with almost like a finger or a stick, like somebody just came in and doodled around and then drew these archways. And as you're standing there, it happens again. Just, wow. It expands. And this time, it's not the pleasant smile of the young lady. It's the sour expression of the young man. And he kind of sighs and said, are you prepared to be presented to the masters of the island? How do these doors work? They're magic. Please follow me. It's a good thing I didn't detect magic then, because it would have been rather difficult to see anything. No, you would have seen the door. That's it. You assume. He turns and walks away. He doesn't even wait to see if you guys are following. Uh, Excuse me. What is your name? Tam. (laughs) Tam. Tam the... Just Tam. Tam. Oh, that will never do. I dub the Tam the Sullen. He kind of looks at you, side-eye, shrugs, and he just takes you away. You're walking down a hall. It looks like everything else. Everything is brown and just kind of mud-colored. You're inside where there are no windows, but there are intermittent torches, so you have lighting. And then he takes you to, like, an antechamber, which apparently is my word of the evening, and stops. (laughs) He looks at you and says, you are prepared. Why do you insist upon asking us that? Is there something we should have been doing? This is my job. I make sure people are prepared. I present them to the masters. Do you have anything else you want to give us? A gift? Advice? Do well. He turns, moves his arm, and a door significantly larger than before. Just wow, big, open, and you are facing an arena. This is just this huge, open, empty space with a little bit of a, a hillock in the middle. And on the very crest of that is a platform. And there is a kneeling figure facing the far end, facing away from you guys. And at the far end of the arena, you can see kind of a raised dais situation. And the same people that you saw at the meal are standing there. Tam kind of looks at you and says, well, go. Ah, wonderful. Our friends are here. (laughs) (laughs) I hardly think a brief evening of dining constitutes as them becoming our friends, Ross. It was not simply dining. We shared tales of heroism. 
You so shot as a you guys poem. <laughs> and they walk- bragged. <laughs> as you guys walk out, you are thrust into sunlight and you, you can feel the movement of air. This is completely open. There's a really high wall kind of around you all the way in a s- giant circle. And you hear voices kind of cheering you on. And if you How were to much- look back at Tam, he would indicate that you should be walking towards the uh, platform in the middle of the room. Uh, how much how much is um rosenberg po- uh, like preening and peacocking right now <laughs> oh um i have a yellow rose uh-huh I, i'm sniffing it contemplatively and then i i uh flap my cape about i bow i bowed everyone oh I, you do you do the the humble preening yes well he he's still i mean can i have a charisma good. role please uh yes do Oh, natural 20. Okay, so as you turn and kind of bow towards everyone, you hear a little squeak from where Tam was standing, and you look back, and the young lady has arrived and is holding the rose you gave her, kind of flapping it excitedly. (laughs) And then the door closes. I love this place. Let's never leave. (laughs) You can stay with Mudland. So I assume you guys are walking up to your yeah. spot. Yeah, okay. we're walking while this happens. You're, you're preening and waving. And what are you doing, Guildenstern? Are you skulking? I'm sternly walking. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got all the personality and all the business. Yep. In completely different packages. Yeah. As you reach the raised platform you see the half work woman stand and as she stands all of the the people that you could hear kind of go quiet and she looks down at you and says rosencrantz gildenstern you told us great tales of your bravery you have impressed us will you be our heroes undoubtedly rosencrantz we don't even know what they need oh right um are you for the side of good she just kind of cocks her head to one side like, <laughs> what does that even mean? And then the man next to her, the big pompous man from last night, and says, we know they will be our heroes, but can <laughs> they be? And he kind of raises his hands like, huh? Huh? Can we be? What sort of mindless question is that? I would like two rolls from both of you. Okay. I would like a wisdom roll. Uh-huh. And I would like, well, let's go with an initiative roll. Okay. I have. Wisdom is nine. Wisdom is 15 plus four, which is 19. Uh, My initiative was, uh, what, dex? It's plus your dex modifier, yes. So 18 plus one is 19. All right. So what was your um, initiative, Matt? Oh, right. Uh, 19 plus one is 20. Oh my goodness. And your wisdom was a 19 as well? Well, it was, it was a 15 plus four. It it totaled to 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So as you see him raise his hand, you, you kind of get suspicious. Like, okay, something's a little hinky here. Um, apparently Rosencrantz is, is otherwise occupied. He's he's thinking about the language choice, like, can we be? But they asked us to, so obviously they <laughs> believe that we can. So why would they? <laughs> he's caught up on the English. And 
Gildenstern, you hear a sound behind you and turn, and that statue, that figure that you had seen, is standing. Oh. <laughs> and it's spreading its stone wings. So you are prepared for what's about to happen. Uh-huh. He does not get to have a surprise round on you. But he is going to take a pot shot at Rosencrantz. What is your uh, AC, my love? Oh, it's, uh, this is Leslie using her GM. It should be at the top of the first page on the right hand side in the thing in the shield in green. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong. <clears throat> Here we go. I didn't realize there was a character sheet tab. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Uh, 16. See, you know, if we just used the standard. No, things, it's my fault. I sent him I, the entire form rather than the PDFs that I made you. Oh, okay. Okay, so 16. So what happens is he stands up and he takes a swipe at Rosencrantz. And this this immense stone-like figure reaches one hand out and bats. But it, it's just as, as Rosencrantz is, is flourishing or, or thinking in a very specific pose. And it's just whoosh, a giant hand just kind of woofs past your face. And we uh. enter into initiative uh, order, which is really annoying, I'd like to point out, because I rolled uh, a 14 and you both have 19s. Hooray! Uh. Now, traditionally, initiative would be decided from a tie by who has the better decks. Uh, One rule that we have come up with, though, probably because we play a lot of Star Wars, is that we let you guys decide if you have a tied initiative. Actually, Matt's higher, I think. You have 20? My roll totaled to 20. Oh, never mind then. Sorry, I was stuck on the 19s because I'm busy being bitter because I just rolled a (laughs) 2. Yeah, no, because my, my modifier is plus one, so I rolled 19 plus All one. All right, so we've we've got Gildenstern, Rosencrantz, Gargoyle. What would you like to do? It is standing behind you, ready to oh. smack somebody else. How, bi- how big is it again? Like, t- height-wise? Like, pretty big. It doesn't actually say, but I'm going to say it's give bigger me... than you because it's more impressive than you. Yeah, give me, like, a grandiose <laughs> description. Like... So you're 6'6", six, 6'5"? Six, six, which six, six. Which, uh, which gargoyle does it look like? Broadway, no, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Name an animal that's the same size as this thing. Polar bear. Oh, okay. So it's bigger than you, but it's but not, not, not like... a giant. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh shoot! I think I'm actually just gonna smack it with my giant hammer. <laughs> that feels right. <laughs> <laughs> However you think Gildenstern would respond. Have at me. He sees a monster, took a swipe at Rosengrant. He's just going to try to smack with the hammer before he wastes his time focusing any energies or efforts. Okay, so my Warhammer has a plus five bonus. Kaboom! Uh, seven plus five, so twelve. Okay, so what? Are you, what? Are you, how are you attacking? Like, tell me how, like, you see this whoosh past... Rosencrantz, but you saw it stand up, so you knew it was going to be up to no good. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking upward strike, so think like if you were playing croquet, 
but with more aggression. <laughs> so you just pop the hammer out and go, Fool. Yeah. Well, it looks at you and leans back. <laughs> and your, your, your swing just completely misses it, too. Not, not as badly as it missed Rosencrantz, but, you know, he was flashy and shining and the sun was in the gargoyle's eyes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sounds like gargoyle excuses. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find that a lot of my monsters need excuses. <laughs> by, by the way, I'm picturing Goliath. Oh, God, stop. From gargoyle. See, but... but He's a bad guy. I thought he was a good guy. I thought he was the leader. Was the leader. No, no, the gargoyle's the bad guy. Oh, yeah. Well, so it, make him look like the guy Riker voiced, oh, but with yeah. horns and wings. Okay. Um, so in my cinematic moment, uh, Rosencrantz is not even aware yet that this happened. <laughs> he was still thinking about this English problem. Um, the gargoyle took a swipe. He kind of leaned on accident. The gargoyle <laughs> sliced off the head of the rose he was holding, but he didn't notice it yet. Uh, In the background, you see Gildenstern <laughs> running up and swinging misses. Yeah. Rosencrantz <laughs> finally notices that something cut his rose. He turns around and goes, oh, I see. They want us to battle. Okay, very good. Uh, <laughs> he reaches for his great sword on his back, and as he pulls it, he also flourishes his cape off of his back, and... Um, a bunch of rose petals that he stitched <laughs> on the inside come free and it, it flourishes around him. Oh, awesome. Oh my gosh. Um, there, there is, there's a lot of voices you can hear. You can't quite pinpoint how many, but you definitely just heard a lot of <gasps> kind of, oh my gosh, this guy's so cool reactions. How about the foul rockman? And I'm attacking. Uh, that's a nine plus six. Fifteen. What are you? What is your weapon again? It's a sword. Great sword. All right. How are you attacking? Like, are you lunging? Are you swiping? It is a a slash from a diagonal slash from like above his head to like above one shoulder to his hip. Okay. So you manage while it's too busy being smug <laughs> at Gildenstern. You just take it by surprise and swipe it across the chest. How much damage do you do? 14 It is not a happy camper It doesn't care about your roses It doesn't care about your polish It doesn't care about your face It cares about the fact that you just hurt it Is it bleeding or is it just like crumbling? You you feel like you didn't do a whole lot of damage <laughs> You feel like you know, it looks like you, you might have cut a layer, but there's not even any oozing going on just yet. And it turns, and it takes one swipe at you with an 18. Owie. And it claws you down the front of your shiny breastplate for four. <laughs> you guys are, are responsible for your own HP. I trust you for all of your math. Whether or not I should, I do not know. Nah, we're fair. There's no point in playing if you're going to cheat. Failing is fun. A yeah, lesson I fun. learned from you guys and took to my other games, and it was not always appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then it bites at you with an 18. So it hits you again for five. I dare say, I don't think he appreciated that. After it bites you, it just lunges forward, kind of punctures your shoulder a bit, 
spits you out like, oh, this is so gross, and just roars inches from your face. So it's standing there, arms back, wings spread, just screaming at you. The crowd loves it. Okay, time to knock this thing down a couple notches. I'm going to tap into my one of my domain spells. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to use... Uh... I feel like Thaumaturgy is something that uh, Rosengrant should have, really. Yeah, but this, but Thaumaturgy lets me make booming voices. I know, <laughs> that's why I think... <laughs> but anyway, what's your domain spell you're going to use, my love? I think I'm going to use... Oh, screw it. Let's take out all the stops, shall we? Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use Shatter, level 2 right. spell. Tell uh, me what I need to roll against, I believe. It's a saving spell. Or saving roll? Yes, it is a constitution save. What is your DC? Okay, full stop. No clue. No idea what I'm doing in time. Okay, so is that just my constitution? No, what is uh, the way a spell difficulty works when somebody's saving? It's uh-huh. going to be base eight. Okay. Uh, plus your proficiency. Oh, okay. Plus your um, your modifier. So, do you cast from your wisdom? Do yes, you I do. Ca- okay, then it's going to be versus. Okay, so my ability is plus four. My proficiency is plus two. So that so makes 14. it plus six. So fourteen is this. Okay, got it. All right, I'm pretty impressive. I just want to say that. Okay, so my stats are impressive, but you've already seen how the dice go. <laughs> I say that after hurting. Chris. Um, so that's that's a four. <laughs> What's happening four? to me? Okay, so it's a 10 foot radius, uh, 3d8 thunder. Okay, here's here's a thing though. The gargoyle is engaged with your your, your comrade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he uh he gets what half damage because he's uh he's blue. I have to oh yeah, but I also have to save. Yeah, that's fine. Go for it. <laughs> I mean, you could technically take a five-foot step to one side, but that's okay. Uh, wait, what, what, what would I be saving on? I forget. Constitution. You'll be, you'll, you roll a d20, and then you'll add your constitution modifier. And you have to beat be or match. 14. Okay. That's right? Okay. I got it. I got it. I got 11. Okay. <laughs> plus your constitution? Yeah, that's that's nine plus two. That's okay. <laughs> So because I'm oh I'm damage resistance lightning yeah right that's what I was yeah that's what I was trying to say lightning not thunder yeah not thunder that's different oh <laughs> so I didn't do we want to retcon and say you took a five foot step or you moved so that you could be advantageously attacking him um I'm only gonna do that because I will probably die if I don't it's no, just three d eight Matt's got to move basically. Yeah, got sure. to let's, have moved. Let's 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 do that. Let's have. No, oh, actually, move. hold on a second. What? You get to pick where it is. You don't actually have to move. You can cast. This oh yeah, from I can 60 just pick it away. Like... This isn't actually coming from you. You're just causing it to happen. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just going to happen, basically, so that it directly edge, behind him. <laughs> it's like the edge of the ten foot range. It's like he's at the nine <gasps> and a half foot mark. Oh, dudes, I would have even had disadvantage if I didn't already suck so hard. Why? A creature made of inorganic material such as stone, crystal, or metal has disadvantage on the saving throw. Oh, nice. 
I mean, hey, I rolled you, a natural one, so whether or not it applies, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Probably not. So roll Kay. me your damage and tell me how bad my um, gargoyle feels, please. Actually, tell me how you cast the spell. Okay. Um, I didn't really think this out. <laughs> I like to think that on his warhammer, he's got like, like, you know how his armor was very no frills? I like mm-hmm. to think that his warhammer is a bit more because he is a cleric. So it is a bit more like ceremonial looking. And I like to think that he actually has several loops along the handle. Where he sometimes like where he has different bags clipped to. So it makes it look very unwieldy. But if you've ever seen any sort of shaman character in any game and they always have like a bunch of crap hanging from staffs and still seem to be OK. It's that kind of mentality that gets us through. Um, <laughs> and so he. I, I don't know what the material is for this, but. We're playing fast and loose with magic components, babe. It can be anything you want. You so just have I'm, a focus, a holy focus of some variety, I'm sure. Oh, yes, that's actually on my shield. I forgot so it's not about your that. hammer. It's your shield. You're right. Oh, that makes I'm more sense anyway. Because you can have a bunch so. of you can have a bunch of little things lined up on the inside of the shield. <laughs> Like little bags. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he takes out a, a bag and he sprinkles like flint on his like or kind of like, you know, gunpowdery flinty like powder on the on the shield itself. And when he casts it, the focus on it starts crackling a little bit with lightning and or with like electricity. And it creates like. A, a short pop sound when it ignites with the material that he'd put on the shield. And then this horrible sound happens on a point centered just behind the gargoyle doing. Uh, hold on. Uh, fine. 12 damage. Okay. So that's going to be 3d8. Do we get to actually add your stuff? Uh, it doesn't say. So I'm going to say probably not. Yeah, I have not played D&D in months now. It makes me sad, but this is fun. So (laughs) 12, you said? Yeah. So the math begins. And we've lost Chris. No, (laughs) no, he's like math. He's like math. He's like, oh, God. (laughs) It's basic math. No fractions. Rosencrantz. Something weird just happened, but I'm sure you're used to it because you're siblings. Um, So... It's still still standing. Yes. Are you kidding? Twelve wouldn't even kill me. <laughs> well, I don't know. I hit it for a lot, but my guess is if it's made out of rock, it, I only do half damage. So. <laughs> um, don't metagame. I, I just, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> he's not metagaming. He's he's figuring internally, externally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, this is a game where you just keep you just keep fighting, right? Like, there's no there's no secret move I can pull. There's you no, can, uh, honest to goodness, you can tell me anything you want to try. I might give you a heads up, or I might just say no. But if there's something specific you want to try, are you go looking crazy. for like a pillar to smash it with, or? <laughs> now you guys are standing literally in an open arena. There is a platform you're standing on, and a gargoyle in front of you. And yeah, people around making noise. There's no like, I try to hit him in a crack that the thunder made. 
No. Okay. Not, just, not in this game. You know, you attack. guys do actually, we didn't discuss at the beginning, you do both have advantage, or not advantage, you have inspiration, which will allow you to do either a reroll or to incur um, a non-environmental advantage. Uh-huh. But you are also two enemies of one enemy, and there are other ways to incur advantage. Oh, oh, I know. <laughs> I know this one. Brother, do you know this one? Oh, am I supposed to, like, surround him? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. You may flank if you so desire, or you may give me... I, I am a happy, happy GM when it comes to creativity, and if you want to do something fun and funky, you also have a god you can call on and magic things you can do. Jump off my shield. Jump off my shield and attack it from above. Uh, okay, we'll do that. <laughs> you, would, you would like to jump off his shield and attack it from above? Yeah. Okay. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> I think it sounds pretty sweet. Um, I'm going to have you make two rolls. Mm-hmm. One's going to be uh, your jump and one's going to be your attack. So you are going to get your jump one way or the other. i just like to know how well it goes. Oh, okay. Is this acro or athletics? That depends on how you're doing it. I think um, from an outsider's perspective, this looks very choreographed. So uh, what happens is he does a swing. He misses. I jump. I like run under him on his upswing to slash. He lands behind me, does the thunder thing with his with his shield. I turn around immediately, run into the shield like as hard as I can. He has to sort of brace, you know, as hard as oh, he yeah. can. <laughs> and then we, we do a springboard thing. Uh, so I can I can do a cool slash. All right, so you run, you jump, roll a yeah. d20, and add your athletics, I oh. guess. Yeah, that sounded athletic-y. Yeah. That's an 11. <laughs> plus? No, 5 plus 6 is 11. Oh, my uh. goodness. Okay, well, <laughs> you know what? I was I was just going to go uh, plus or minus. If you, if you beat 10, you're doing fine. If you yeah. miss... It, 10, you're gonna have issues, but you're fine, so go ahead Sweet. and roll your, your 20 <laughs> to attack. Gildenzer wasn't ready for the move. He's like, what, what are you? Ah. <laughs> you're supposed to shout, shout out the moves before we do them. Come on. <laughs> you don't have this one name. I was casting. <laughs> uh, 13 plus 6 is 19. You just get this great slash. You you know, you, you faltered a little, but you got a good twist midair and just across the gargoyle. It reels backwards slightly, but I need to know how much. That is uh, nine damage. Hey, that's still nine damage, man. I'm sorry, 10 damage. I can't. That's still 10 damage, man. Leslie Siddle's easy math. Come on, you're making us look bad. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to let it go, but I'm like, no, I need every point. All right, so the gargoyle has been slashed Lightninged, or sorry, slashed, thundered, and slashed. It's not a happy camper. It is is going to jump straight into the air and get some higher ground. Uh, mainly because I love you and I want you both to have attacks of opportunity. Ooh, that means we get to attack. Hiya! Floor die. Floor die doesn't count. Hiya! Thirteen plus six is nineteen. Okay, and. I- uh, it is a 19 plus something. <laughs> uh, it, it, plus five at our table, is, is it's 24. It's plus things. If it's <laughs> a guaranteed things. hit, it's plus things. <laughs> plus and you don't things. bother with the math. 
Yeah, so plus things. So that's, that is two hits that you land on the gargoyle as it is taking off into the air. Uh, it's six plus three is nine. Yeah, I did nine too. Really? Ninety-two. Biter. <laughs> nine waka <is> waka. <laughs> Just waka for the hell of it. Okay, it's it's starting to kind of flag slightly, but it is quite livid with you. Only you know what? That slashing was annoying, but that thunder, that thunder hurt. So guess what? It's going to dive bomb the shiny one with electricity. I told you that shininess was a bane. <laughs> We're not on the sea. The sun is still here. <laughs> so, uh, the claw that it comes just boom, takes straight up in the air and then dive bombs claw first at your face. And it just rakes down you for four, and then it bites you as hard as it can for... Are you freaking kidding? Seven. That was a natural one, by the way. (laughs) I take it you looked at my armor class, right? Not his? Yeah, no, I got a natural 20 on the second one, and I got a... You got a natural 20 and then rolled a one? (laughs) Yes, I got a natural 20 for the attack and a one for the damage, but since it was a natural 20, I got full damage first. (laughs) By the way, listeners, we're playing with the Dinopod rules, which means it's a little squishy, but still completely recognizable. (laughs) Oh, I thought we were going to be in Dinotopia. God. No, I'm trying to get Brandon to run a Dinotopia game for me, but he's not sure how he's going to make it work. But Genesis makes it all that much closer. I love Dinotopia. Fussing about Dinotopia for? I said I love Dinotopia. Oh, okay. The show or the movies or the books? The books. Okay. I liked the, the, the miniseries. I never saw the sequel to it, but I do own a bunch of the books. So, um, Guildenstern, you have an angry, slightly broken gargoyle kneeling in front of you with blood all over it. Because it just super landed, uh, superhero landed down the front of you. How would you like to express your um, self in reply? How would I like to express myself? Uh, let's see here. I thought I had a thing. You have many things. Oh, screw this. Uh, oh, it's right okay. in front of me, right? <laughs> yes. Um, I'm going to inflict wounds on it. <laughs> okay, so tell me what inflict wounds looks like coming from you. Um, so this one is just motion and speech, right? VS verbal and somatic, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, I probably, I, I feel like the verbals are all in, in draconic because that just feels right. I don't know what draconic sounds like. Um, well, you've got to make a roll. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a melee spell, a melee yeah. attack spell. So for touch, do I roll just just roll a die? Well, you're attacking it like you would normally, like you're uh-huh. rolling a d20. And right. then since it's a spell, it's going to be going off of your proficiency and. OK. And spellness. Oh, which... OK. I got you. So it's plus six. Uh, 13 plus six is 19. Yeah. Yeah. You you made contact. Um, the somatic part hit. of inflict. Oh, my goodness. The, the 
somatic part of inflict wounds is he hits it with the shield because that's where his sacred icon is mm-hmm. <laughs> um so this is 3d 10 yes what does he say you don't have to say it in draconic but what what are the words um back off you bastard because <laughs> this is cord he's not he's not a a particularly uh loquacious being okay he's he's got rosencrantz for that yeah okay here we go these are tens yes okay a shortcut for future rolls are if you're rolling something with damage you roll your attack and your damage at the same time oh yeah i forgot about that uh i got 20 20 two fives and a 10 okay you are starting to see some some shifting cracks like he's not he's not oozing like you might expect a normal living being. But you can tell that there are some gaps in his skin that look pretty darn uncomfortable. And he's just kind of he rolls his shoulders back after that. And he's he's just growling. And there's a little bit of it looks like dripping mortar from the corner of his mouth. Rosencrantz. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. Um <clears throat> I'm so, trying to figure out how to make this a haiku. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, okay. Spells. How many do I have? Okay. Um, there's a tab that says like spells or something, or it's one of the character sheets. Okay. Yeah. I have six prepared, but it says three spell casting level three. So I can use three what, spells. There's spell slots at the top, right? Do you see them? Yes. So you have three first level spells, Chris. But six are prepared. So I can use yes. any of these six three times. You may. Well, Correct. you can use any combination of three. Right. Okay. So I can, but like, let's say I use Wrathful Smite now, I can do it again later or no? Yeah, you can do it up to three times. You can do a spell up to three times, um, okay. whichever so one you want to level. Yeah. It's not the old days where you use a spell. No, these are, that. no, think, think kind of like spell charges. Like I can cast three spells Okay. of this tier. Yeah, of these but ones that I've prepared. Wrathful Smite is, in fact, adding damage to a weapon you're going to be using, it looks like. Okay. Uh, oh, also, um, I forget. Do you have domain spells? I guess I can just uh, look up the thing. I don't see. Wait, wait. Divine Sense, Lay on Hand, Spellcast. No, because he's a paladin. You're the cleric, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Well, oh, so what's thing. the difference between Divine Smite and Wrathful Smite? Divine Smite. One's divine, one's wrathful. Divine Smite is still level one. It's it gets from where you get it. Like uh, okay, okay. These are spells you've prepared. This is something you get from being in touch with Cord, basically. Oh, okay, okay. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. So it, that still takes us. Okay. Yeah. It says still takes a lot. Okay. Yeah. It just is something that others would not necessarily have access to if they were a different kind of paladin. Yeah. Uh, and then if I have sacred oath features, it doesn't say it takes a spell slot, so it doesn't take a spell slot? Correct. At least that's what I read. You can use each, like, you can use those, like, once. Now, okay. Divine Smite is you would attack him and then include Divine Smite and roll extra damage. Okay. I don't actually want to use that. I'm not okay. doing a ton of damage right now. I'm glad you brought up the conversation if you're not going to use it. No, no, because as I was reading that, I, I read another one I want to use it instead. So I want <laughs> to use fine. Nature's Wrath. I knew you were going to use that one. 
Uh, okay. So as an action causes spectral vines to spring up and reach for a creature that you can see within 10 feet, it must succeed on a strength or dexterity saving throw its choice or be restrained. Where are we seeing this on your character sheet? Oh, there it is. Sorry. Okay. So what am I doing? A strength or dexterity saving throw. That's promising. Except for the part where I'm the one rolling. What's my spell casting modifier? Is it charisma? Yeah. I'm pretty sure you're a charisma caster. If you go to the spell casting sheet, at the very top of it, it says what ability it uses. Your ability modifier. Your spell proficiency. You beat it. I got a six. (laughs) So the gargoyle is, is, you know, plotting... Gildenstern's demise and kind of doing the bully shoulder roll fist pound and suddenly he spins his sword and stabs the tip into the ground uh, and then kneels again like praying and then uh, rose vines come up and, and <laughs> swirl around him and grasp <laughs> his limbs and hold them in place what is she magic school girling this or what <laughs> Like the only sad thing is since since he's Rosencrantz and not Gildenstern, I mean I have to figure that everything if he was Gildenstern would be gilt and gold and shiny. So. I mean, I, I get why he's called dibs on Rosencrantz. <laughs> <laughs> really? I was still a little confused. Okay, so tell me what the problem with me I am restrained. You are restrained. Well, that's obnoxious because it's now my turn. <laughs> I was hoping he would do that. Because I probably need to roll to escape. And we all know how well that's been going for me. Natural see, see, one. it's not just heroes, Natural guys. One. I roll terribly everywhere. <laughs> but you keep playing. And really, that is a testament to your dedication. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good testament, but it's a testament. All right. So out of curiosity, what did he say? Or was it just kind of an internalized spell? Uh, I'm guessing because it's part of his oath. I think it's a prayer that he has to, to say. That's why he literally has to kneel and stab his sword into the ground and pray uh, to do it. Or at least that's how he chooses to do it. I think the prayer is the only required component. Okay. Um, I mean, that's legit. I'm just... Without the flourish. I was just curious because, I mean, as a as a paladin, you don't necessarily have to pray. So, I mean, you have a... Um... Yeah, you have a holy fig- uh, holy icon, too. But yeah, it's right? a different relationship with the god was kind of like Yeah. Thought. You're basically yeah. sanctioned. You're like, they're like, okay, you're good to go. Do things in my name. Mm. Uh, be awesome. I'm sorry. Be excellent to each other. Yeah. Be excellent to each other. Oh, I guess I didn't realize. You're kind of like a field agent. You've, you've been given authority <laughs> to act by your, with your own autonomy without checking with HQ on a regular basis. Oh, I guess I didn't. But if you go rogue, they're going to black flag you. And you're going to have some issues. Yeah. A little Oathbreaker. Well, whatever. It, it stands. It's he, His holy symbol is um, it's a hammer on a... It's pretty simple. It's just a hammer on a chain around his neck. Okay. Um, so, so he, uh, I'll, I'll fun story. Yeah. As a restrained creature, I get to repeat my saving throw at the uh, end of my turn. Yeah. So that's my turn. <laughs> writhing under rose petals. And no kidding. So that's a natural 20. (laughs) So I don't get to smack you guys with that natural 20, but the vines creep up and just ensnare him. And he's just not, not having it. He, you know, kind of shakes out his wings and then just pushes out. And are these corporeal vines or they kind of 
disappear uh, when they, it goes. They just, yeah, they, they vanish into petals. In yeah. a rain of rose petals, which still somehow make Rosencrantz look really freaking cool. <laughs> but the fun part is, he was restrained for that entire turn. Um, hmm. Oh, wait, can I attack when I'm restrained? My movement is zero. I can attack. Go for it. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. Roll them bones. Um, an 18 doesn't hit you. And a 7 doesn't hit you. But that D20, that natural 20, that got him out of the vines. So <laughs> he's he's eventually coming for you. Chris, should I, do, should I try to do something mean? Um, and staring yeah, strike? I think you need to. Uh, can I cast hold person on this? <laughs> I mean, technically, there's no reason you can't. Well, the well reason, it says, the it reason says humanoid trying to um, hold them down is because I don't do great damage. You do good damage being a bludgeoning weapon. So you should probably hit him. A bludgeoning weapon against a rock does good damage. Doesn't it? Am I making that up? I can do you one better. Um, I'm going to hit it with a thunder wave. <laughs> one of my other domain spells. <laughs> One because, of my favorite spells ever. Because screw you. Uh, so this is another con save. Yes, so it is. 14. Trust me. Oh, I know. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to step on anyone's toes here. Saved. Dang. Uh, so, so I am not blasted back. He leans into it and just half, stares you down. It's half damage. and You're pushed 10 feet, right? No, I'm not pushed. Oh, okay. But it's still, still half, halves. Yeah. Halfsies. Yeah. Half damage, but I, I get to stay there staring you down. Uh, so 12 divided by two is six. Wait, d- did you remember to roll disadvantage on that save? This oh. one's not Does that the one same. It? It's a different no. spell. Doesn't oh. count. Shatter is the one that has the inorganic creature disadvantage. Um, this one does not. Thunderwave is more of a push. Shatter is like an earthquake happening inside you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Got it. He he falters, but he does not get knocked back. Uh oh, okay. I guess I gotta hit him. Um I am behind him. So uh does that mean anything? If you move behind him, so you're you're directly behind him, you get advantage, which means you get to roll two D twenties and take the higher number. Okie dokie. So here we go. Uh, an eight and a nine. <laughs> so nine plus six is 15. Nine plus six is what? 15. 15. Oh, guess what? You hit him. Oh, I, I missed that. Okay. Now, yeah. if you want to use that level one spell slot for divine smite, you can add uh, 2d8 radiant damage. Oh, okay. All right. I'll do that. Also, don't forget that you I gave you the fighting style of great weapon fighting. What does that mean? So if you roll a one or a two on your damage roll, you can re-roll it, but you have to take the new one. <laughs> oh, I should have known that earlier. I've had a lot of those. Okay, so one or two on my damage roll. Oh, I have a two. I'm going to re-roll that. So, Get a one. That's uh, I'll do again. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Uh, 15 total with the, with the radiant. So okay, radiant so you, you rolled for your sword and for... The both yeah. dice for the radiant. Yeah. So the radiant was 10 and the basic was five. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not basic is nine because I forgot my damage bonus. Okay. So you did 
10 plus some odd damage, correct? Nine, nine slashing, 10 radiant. Okay. Tell me how you killed this gargoyle. Um, I think I did the same. The thing I was saying is um, he tried to ensnare him. It's not working. There was like a sound blast in front of him. <clears throat> the gargoyle seems unfazed by the sound blast, which uh, worries Rosencrantz. And now that he's behind him, he sees a big old gash where the other thunder attack kind of left a big mark. And so he holds his sword high. Uh, a lightning bolt comes from the sky, uh, charges it up with the radiant damage. He lunges forward and stabs it into that gap. Uh, beams of light come through all the cracks of the gargoyle and it just explodes uh, into chunks. It's not a pretty one. This has no rose petals. It's just chunks. <laughs> It's just the divinity shining through. It's a lot less Rosencrantz and a lot more cord. Cord, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that happens and a hush kind of falls over the crowd for a moment. And then they go wild. This whole fight has taken like almost no time. It has been hit, hit, jump, hit. Gargoyle's gone. You I see ahead of you. The three stand up. Rosencrantz, do you want to do? Uh, I take out a yellow rose. <laughs> and I throw it into the crowd. And I pick up my cape off the ground and reattach okay. it. Okay, I'm just going to be honest. Your rose isn't going to make it. You're standing in the middle of an arena. <laughs> it's okay. Roses don't have a lot it of aerodynamics to it, it better. It's fine. It's just, there's a rose there now. You just do the, I am awesome. Rose flutters to the ground. <laughs> 15 feet in front of you in the middle of I, nothing and rubble. I would like to raise up my hammer and using mm -hmm. my thaumaturgy to boom my voice, um, declare another victory for the name of Cord. 